Alrighty, friends, welcome back to another analeptic episode of V8 Radio. Yes. (laughs) Someone's been cracking the books open. (laughs) Or maybe thinks he has. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin Oste, joined as always by our co-host, Mike, Mr. Q-Ball, Clark. What is happening? Boy, I feel like a, uh, a Gene Autry song, my man. We are back in the saddle again. That is right. That is right. Mm-hmm. And although it is uh, towards towards the end of the year as we're recording this, I had rearranged my garage quite a bit, and I uh, I normally sit in this bar stool by my workbench as we record the show, but my '62 Galaxy is pushed closer to the tool bench, so. Oh. I'm back in the saddle, but it's not as comfortable as it normally is. <laughs> <laughs> well, the point is that you're in it. I am. Although I have a a 62 Ford that's leaning on me back here. That uh, Oh, boy. That's all right. It's all good. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah I, I, I took the easy way out. Normally, I'm in the garage, but uh, it just felt a little too chilly. So I I went to the uh, the, the, the basement studio. Yes. And... Uh, decided to do this one today subterranean exactly and i'm i'm learning that um uh being in the basement with hard floors above you and uh animals and children running around is not very conducive for good recording (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's the give and take you know right right it keeps it authentic keeps it real well you know having hardwood floors over your head and a family and animals is not a bad thing you're right it is not a bad thing yeah, you're right. Just tell him to knock it off for an hour every once in a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Daddy's working. <laughs> yeah, working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Quote working. Right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, uh, typically, as we start the show, as kind of a uh, an enticer to keep people listening, to keep our listener listening, that guy, mm-hmm. that uh, guy. That's right. Uh, we throw out an automotive-related trivia question. Have you uh, Have you prepared one? I have indeed prepared one, I, I and I think you're going to get it pretty easily. But I, I like the question anyway, so we're gonna mm. we're gonna run with it. Ha, have easy you prepared one today? I have, and I think it's pretty easy as well. So, uh huh. Famous last words, yeah. like zero production cars made on the the uh, what <laughs> yeah. was that seventy one Challenger TA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, all right. I'll kick this one off then. As you know, Kevin, in 1969 and 1970, the the Ford Boss 302 Mustang was, of course, powered by the 302 with the solid lifters, and it really, you know, made for a nice high-winding engine. What other Ford Motor Company vehicle was this engine available in as an option to the standard 351? Ford Motor Company vehicle or yes. Ford vehicle? I said Ford Motor Company vehicle. No, so I'm going to guess maybe the Cougar Eliminator, a Mercury product. He uh, he's giving it away. He's giving the look. <laughs> oh, man, I'm trying not to. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Well, we'll if, find if out. That's the answer you want to give, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to lock you in on that. <clears throat> All right, lock, lock away. <laughs> Which spawns another great trivia question that's a lot harder than the one that I was going to use. Mm-hmm. But I will not go there. 
right. We'll make I that a we'll make that, that a, a bonus. So interestingly enough, my question is also relating to the boss uh, Mustang. Really? Yes. Did not plan that. In, well, I planned it in advance, but I had no right. idea what yours was going to be. So '69. Uh, uh, and 70, of course, they made the Boss 302 and the Boss 429. Who Who is this boss that we're referring to? Who is the car named after? Would that, would, would that be the design? Uh, no, no, no. Larry Shinoda came up with the name Boss because um, he was the designer of the Boss Mustang. <laughs> and... <laughs> He was he was referring to was it Lee Iacocca? Lee Lee Iacocca. Iacocca. Is that yes. your final answer? That's my final answer. All right. Spawns yet another trivia question. Let me write this down. Lee Iacocca. What is Lee short for? Oh, uh, another one, boy! You're just God just Lord. a fountain of trivia. You are inspiration just a fountain of something. <laughs> <laughs> Lee is short for Lido, L-I-D-O, Lido, Iacocca, yes. All and right. the, the the other side trivia question. Uh, let's see, you would ask me. Oh, right, the the. Uh, so you could get a Boss four twenty nine, correct? Uh, which they made multiple Mustangs of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a two-part qu- trivia question. Did they did they make any other Boss 429-powered uh, pony cars in the Ford Motor Company family of vehicles, and how many? Oh, how many? That's rough. Uh, pony cars. I think they the you could get the 429 in, in the Cougar as well, couldn't you? He's asking and not stating. Um. <laughs> well, this is an off the off the. Uh, yeah, that's my that's, well, a pony car. That I mean, that would that would leave you that the was, Mustang or the uh, or the Cougar. Yeah, that They're was, both that was the, the same clue. platform, right? Yeah. So you're correct. It was a Cougar. Yeah. So they made two Boss 429 Cougars that were uh, essentially race cars. I don't think they ever got released to the general public, but they were oh, exhibition drag race cars. So that was pretty good. A whole bunch of trivia came out of that one little little deal there. Yeah. How about it? Yeah. Very nice. We're like we're like sinking now with, with our with our questions. Yeah, well, we're not swimming. Yeah, <laughs> we are sinking. <laughs> nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. So, uh, so what else has been happening? Oh gosh, it's, I have no GTO updates. Oh um, man, yeah. Um, you sent me a, a picture of a really nice one, just a. Just to hurt me, I think. I but, did. That uh, was not to hurt you. That was to share the enjoyment of the muscle car hobby. Yes, and I did. And that was it's a that was a beautiful '66. That's a oh, neat car. Boy. It's um, and that's coming up on uh, on our next episode of VATV. As a matter of fact, sweet. Uh, it's a '66 GTO. It's black, um, triple well double black. No vinyl. Black interior. Black mm. exterior. Three eighty nine. Um, interestingly, it's got a tri-power setup on it, which was not available in 66. There's a trivia question for you. Yes, it was. No, the 65 was the last year for it. No, the 66 was the last year, my friend. 67, Uh, you could not get a tri-power. Um, we'll have to check on that one. Well, (laughs) don't 
Don't you dare question my knowledge. <laughs> well, maybe maybe you can look that up for me because yeah. I was under the impression that all the 66 cars were 389 yeah. four barrels. No, 64, 65, 66 had tri-power. Uh-huh. 67, the only GM car that could have tri-power was the Corvette. No, no other GM car could, was allowed to have it. That's a, that's a whole other ball game right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dig deep. Do we do we know of another three deuce non sports well, car? What about some of those full size four twenty one cars? Well, those were there was sixty. You didn't hmm. have a four twenty. Uh, hmm. You had a four twenty eight in sixty six, but I or uh, 60, 67 would be the would be the the year the, we're looking at the um 8 i guess the 428 yeah, si- yeah yeah the 428 but uh. the, there aren't there aren't any 428 tri-power big cars 67 and, and newer what about earlier what about 6 earlier absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. huh yeah well at any rate this car has a non-factory installed mm-hmm. 3 deuce well, Tri-power. The joke about that is that there are more oh, yeah. tri-power cars on the road than they were ever produced. Well, and there's more SS Chevelles, there's more Cobras, and more Shelby exactly. Mustangs, and all that stuff, you know. Uh, but this car was done right. It 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 looks correct. It's got all mm-hmm. the the original style parts to it. Mm-hmm. Um, on the three to nine, it's got a four speed with a Hurst shifter and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. It's an AM FM car with a reverberator. Really? Really? Yeah. The reverb. Oh, yeah. So you, oh, that's you, you flip the switch and it's got an echo chamber inside, uh, which I like is pretty it. cool. That is cool. It's, it's wearing a very nice restoration. It's uh, uh, and, and I will call it a restoration because they left a lot of the, you know, some of the weirdness in the car. A couple things don't fit, you know, perfectly, but it's, it's, uh-huh. it's very nice. And uh, our customer brought us the car because he wanted to drive the car. Uh, and it was a factory manual drum brake car. So this oh is basically, outside of that AM-FM, it's a no-option car. Um, That's killer. Yeah. And he bought it with uh, with Rally 1s on it, Pontiac Rally 1 wheels, and Redline mm-hmm. tires, and four-wheel, four-wheel manual drums. And he wanted to, he wanted to kind of be able to uh, change the look of the car every once in a while without really changing the car. So the first thing we did was a disc brake upgrade uh, from some parts we got through OPGI, a powered disc brake. Uh, and then we put a set of rocket racing booster wheels on it in their hyper silver finish with the polished nice. hoop. And then uh, we got some gold line tires from Diamondback Classics, which I think just really make that car. Oh, they pop. They pop on that car. Yeah. Now those rocket wheels were the was that the same model that is on the or was on the reloaded Camaro? Correct. And and I'm going to correct myself. They're actually the gray finish. They're not the silver. So it's a okay. a, a traditional kind of gray spoke, um, eighteen by mm-hmm. eights, I believe, all the way around. And it was interesting because, you know, he didn't really want to lower the car. In my opinion, the nose could come down just a tad, mm-hmm. um, because when he puts the other wheels and tires back on, it's it's right on you know it's a completely original Uh, ride height okay i got you so uh i think disc brakes came out in 1967 on those cars too right you could not get a disc brake in 66 
Correct. So these look like the 67 style GM brakes. Is that right? It's not like I a... See, that's nice. I like a good factory looking upgrade on a car. Yeah, all the way around. So that thing, yeah. you could take it to a show and nobody would really know the difference unless they really knew that that car wasn't supposed to have the disc right. brake on it. Disc brakes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's cool. So you'll get to see that soon. We're, we're, we're finishing up that episode like right now and it will probably be online next week on the uh, on the website. So Sweet. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to that one. Right on. Always. Always. You know, because we want to make you feel better, so we we shared a GTO. Thanks, man. You're always looking out for me. (laughs) I do what I can. (laughs) (laughs) That's good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, we actually got to hang out a little bit uh, a few weeks ago at uh, at the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals. Yes, which was a tremendous, tremendous show. Yes. And uh, recorded an episode of VA Radio there, and, and I did a bonehead maneuver and failed to realize the sensitivity of the automatic level control on my new microphones. So we're in the process of cleaning up some audio. Because mm-hmm. we did an hour-long interview with Bob Ashton, which was mm-hmm. intense. That was great. Yeah. So I, I only, I just wish it sounded a little bit better, and I take full mm-hmm. responsibility for that. Uh, but we'll release that yeah. shortly. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, you know, if people listen to us anyway, how much worse can it get? (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point, man. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we shot a whole bunch of television at the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals, including a gold GTO with the black vinyl top. Yeah. That. Boom. That car is what my car wants to be one of these days. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are cars that are not GTOs that want to be that car. That's true. That thing was mm, yeah, just perfect. Yeah. Perfect yeah. in every way. Well, and you have a lot of those there. Yeah. Interesting story about that guy. He, uh, his, his dad had bought that car new, and he got it from his dad, and he drove it into the ground. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a Chicago car, drove it in the winter, rusted the Jeepers out of it. And, uh, and, and it was, he told me, the car was really too far gone to do what I did with it. It it made absolutely no sense, but you know, it's the family car. So mm-hmm. that's when emotions take over and and uh things things start moving forward and he he got it all back together and it looks just way better than it ever did new. It looks great. It it's a mm-hmm. beautiful car. They did a heck of a job in the restoration. And you're right, it's one of those where um you know, you get a certain point into a car, and there's there's kind of a point of no return. You kind of have right. to go all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the justifier on that, like you're saying, is that it was a family heirloom. So, mm-hmm. you know, although you're spending money, you're not spending, you're not trashing memories and and the emotional attachment and all the rest of it. And right. that's a, that becomes a noble cause for doing a muscle car, any old car restoration. Sure. Uh, and also makes it a little bit easier to shift the blame. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, look, I have to, you know, because uh, this is the family car, you know. Yeah, and, and I'm this deep into it, so I just, yeah. how do I stop now? Right, you can't just throw it all away now. And exactly. if I sell it, I'll never get anywhere near what oh. it's worth until it's finished. And then whoever buys it isn't going to have the attachment, so, you know. You might as well just keep it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Might as well just and go get another one and restore that too. You just might as well. <laughs> <laughs> it might as well. I mean, we did one. 
Yeah. <laughs> We're good at it now, so we got to keep going. <laughs> right. Look at how much better the world is because we did the first car. That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, the lies we tell ourselves. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's just motivations, you know, because when you when you play in a, an arena that you know really nobody really needs, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there are those on you know walking amongst us that would say that's an old, outdated piece of technology and a waste of resources and, and get rid of it, recycle it, you know. Mm-hmm. But those of us who have the attachment to them say, you know, we have this kind of subtext guilt complex and, and I don't really care how many resources you have at your disposal we always have that back of your mind saying well is it really worth it you know because you don't really need this but it's just so darn cool and, <laughs> <laughs> and when you take it I out really want it <laughs> well yeah you take it out and it makes people happy you drive down the street yeah. and they're they're flying out of their car waving at you and everything yeah, yeah. People turn their heads. People start talking to you. You make friends, and, uh, and, and it's a real it, conversation starter. It is an investment, but I think for the most part, it's an investment in the right direction. It's a positive mm-hmm. investment because you, you're, you know, in the broadest strokes, you're keeping an economy going of of that industry, mm-hmm. but you're also learning skills and and mm-hmm. working with metal. And even if you hire somebody to to, to do it. Um, you're, you're close to a manufacturing process from a craftsman type level, you know, so you're right. not just, uh, you know, just going to the store and buying a new one. You're preserving history. So, I mean, I get it. If, if people were restoring cars and spending all this money on them and the sport entailed loading them up with C4 and blowing them up at the end, <laughs> you know, if that's what the sport was, mm-hmm. then it really wouldn't make, you know, a whole lot of sense. But right. because everything goes... And not always all the time, but everything goes in a positive direction and goes forward on a restoration, mm-hmm. you know. And the, the final product is something that everybody can appreciate, you know. Totally. As opposed to, uh, you know, spending money in other places and time and resources right. where the returns, there's just, there is no return, you know. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good yeah. point. So there's my new justification for today. I like it. Yeah, good. I'm going to use it. <laughs> Put that one in the file with the rest. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 McCacken show, man, I'll tell you, it just uh, it gets better every year. Next oh. year is the tenth anniversary for crying out loud! I can't believe it. Oh, that's nuts. And Bob alluded to having some really cool stuff planned for that well, show. Yeah, they always do, and he's already got uh, got feelers out. Um, I've seen some of the uh, the social posts by the the Muscle Car Corporate Nationals where they're yeah trying to accept applications to be in that show earlier and earlier uh, to avoid mass chaos towards the end. Right. Um, but I, I honestly, as of today, I can't, I can't really say that I know what the theme displays are going to be. So, mm-hmm. but it'll be neat to see because they're always something yeah. else. It is. It is always something else. I'm really looking forward to that show again every year, every year. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite show of the year. Yeah, me too. It really is. And and for me, it's also, you know, kind of bookended uh, right before by the SEMA show and then right after by the uh, the PRI performance racing show. Right. And those were both fantastic this year, too. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. SEMA was was phenomenal. Um, not only because I had a really fun role in the show. This is the first mm-hmm. time I actually worked for the organization, which was cool. So it's good to kind of feel, you know, more part of it. 
Um, right. but, but not just for the show, kind of more part of the industry. Uh, I got to, uh, uh, spend a lot of time with people that are, um, really kind of behind the scenes and involved in a lot of, uh, committees and, and different, uh, uh, factions, if you will, of the automotive aftermarket industry and right. learn more about the directions and the challenges and things that, you know, if you're a casual observer, don't really sound that exciting, you know, like the, the, the light tire alliance, you know, that, that doesn't really <laughs> sound, you know, very, very exciting. Uh, but when okay. you find out that, that that's a group of people that are largely retailers and installers uh, and some manufacturers of, of tires for uh, consumer level cars and trucks, and these guys are constantly battling the government because of uh, different regulations on, on bumper heights and lift kits and stuff on trucks um, right. and things that you don't really think people are kind of, you know, going after you for, uh, right. they are. And this is the group that's trying to, you know, kind of keep our freedoms and keep our ability to, to play huh. with cars. So uh, I got a, a lot of exposure to these different uh, organizations that are all mm. under the SEMA umbrella. Uh and a lot of people think the SEMA show is, you know, cars and parts, but it's it's there's so much more to it. Uh-huh. Um, so that was really a lot of fun. It was cool, different different kind of show for me this year. Yeah, I've been uh, enjoying watching some of the videos that you, the interviews that you put on that SEMA has released. Uh, it's been pretty pretty neat to see. Uh, I saw you one with uh, well with Jay Leno. And uh, also uh, Mike Finnegan from Hot Rods, or yeah. from Roadkill rather, and and David Freiberger, those yeah. are cool. Is I mean I I knew that you work with with Freiberger in your past life at Hot Rod, but it was uh, I'm sure it was an eye opener to a lot of the other people listening that you two go so far back into your careers together. Yeah, that was a really cool interview um, because and all those people. Uh, in a weird way, it was a lot of reunions <laughs> yeah. in those interviews, you know, with people that I, I was fortunate enough to, to have a chance to work with. And, you know, we all still remember that stuff. And, and a lot of times uh, when you leave an organization or, or, you know, it's almost like when you graduate high school, you know, and you move on, right. um, a lot of those stories you tell some of them don't sound real. You know, they sound like you're kind of BSing everybody mm-hmm. until, the person that you were with recounts the same story or, or another right. one and kind of validates it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Holy cow. He really did do that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or, or, you know, what I find myself with our, our mutual friend, Paul, I say, did we do that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you remember that too? Cause I remember doing that. I think I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if it was a dream or not. <laughs> right. Did I make this up? Cause it was a long time ago. Uh, and you know, nine times out of 10, I did not make it up and it was really something ridiculous. Uh, oh, yeah. but, it, but Freiberger was great. Um, all those guys were very gracious and very, uh, nice to talk to and share mm-hmm. some of these stories. And he had remembered one that I had completely forgotten about. And, uh, at the end of the interview, when he points out that, that apparently I was the guy that showed him how to use the internet. Right. And it's like, <laughs> oh man, from a guy who's like, you know, who basically is the internet right now. Right. <laughs> well, you were, you were quite the early adopter for that internet. Yeah, uh, I was. You and, um, you and I talked about that. I mean, you had a website way back in the, was it the 90s? Early mid 90s. Any yeah. websites out there? One of the first 30,000, if, uh, yeah. if the data is there. Gosh. Yeah. So, you know, he was able to figure it out 
on a much more aggressive rate than I ever did. <laughs> but, uh, but he owes it all to you. Oh, he doesn't owe me anything, but it's just kind of <laughs> funny that that's, that's, you know, how it, how it went down. At least that he brought yeah. that story up. That was cool. Mm. That um, is cool. And yeah. there's another one. Steve Dalsich was part of that. We did an interview with him there and, uh, he's active in the engine masters deal over there and he and I worked mm. together and, and, uh, Alana share, who's the editor of the roadkill magazine, um, she she and I met back when she was just doing public relations for a private company and and it's really cool to see a lot of these people who um, again if you if you leave a job sometimes uh, a lot of those people get kind of left behind and they stay there or you know that's yeah. it for them but in this case mm-hmm. uh, the people that were part of the Peterson Publishing Company around that time period many if not most left. But they all went on to do bigger and better things, which is, I think, really unique. Yeah. Um, all the way up to uh, Peter McGillivray, who's who's vice president of SEMA for crying out loud. You know, he and I yeah. worked together. Uh, and and you know, looking back twenty years ago, I don't think any of us would have thought that we would all be where we are now. Uh-huh. Um, and certainly, some have have not. You know, their their arc of their career hasn't. You know escalated right. as high as maybe they wanted to but uh right. but we're very fortunate i'm very fortunate and uh at at sema during some of those interviews there's some cool ones because it's terry mcgeehan's another one from hemmings i don't know if they published that one yet but uh did an interview with him and he's another guy that was brothers in arms with who's uh editor-in-chief of all the hemmings publications you know so it's cool it was good it is cool yeah, and everybody still gets along too. You know, we all. Yeah, that's uh, a plus. It is. It is a very. It's a neat industry because there's very, very few people um, that you don't mind running into. You know, you know, mm-hmm. most people you're excited when you see them somewhere because uh, the industry's wide enough to where all these different companies and all these different positions in these companies, everybody's doing something cool in some way. You know, if it's a social mm-hmm. media person or a an engineer or designer or a manufacturing guy or a retail person or whoever, uh, there's always something interesting in the automotive industry to talk about. And we joke about, you know, so if I was in like the washer and dryer business, you know, I I can't say (laughs) that it would be that cool to run into somebody who is also in the washer and dryer business. You know, to me, it's just not a passion fueled thing. And we'd all be like looking at our watches going, okay, can we go out and drive a cool car now? You know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. For sure. So again, <laughs> I'm, I'm super fortunate to have to been able to carve out, you know, a living in this niche. That's, that's pretty cool. That my friend, that is pretty cool. Yeah. The PRI show was, was more of the same, except that's the the racing crowd as opposed to kind of the street driven crowd you have at SEMA right. and SEMA's got a lot of accessories and bolt-ons and stuff and mm-hmm. and the racers I'll tell you this much at the PRI show maybe I'm going to say even 10 years ago to me 10 years ago was a blink of an eye I mean mm-hmm. I look back at the you know 10 years ago is almost 08 and that seems like yesterday yeah but, but the technology's come so far so fast that uh, a decade ago, you'd walk up and down the aisles of the PRI show, and there'd be a couple of companies or guys who are making like a billet cylinder block or a billet head or a, a mm-hmm. you know a billet valve cover for a race car. And today, because those machines are more readily available and the technology, the programming technology, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like 
you suck if you're not making one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're not even in the running, pal. Well, yeah. It's like, oh, you don't have a five-axis, uh, you know, Mazak machine kicking stuff out. Oh, well, you know, then you go home. Yeah. You know? oh, still using the bridge port, huh? Yeah, good for you. Yeah. No, I, th- those are the hipsters. You know, the cool guys are, <laughs> right. are manually right. cranking the bridge ports. <laughs> That's what we have in our shop, shop you know. So, <laughs> But, yeah, so uh, it's, it's, it's challenging to keep up. You know, and I'm starting to sound like an old guy. But when you, you look at not only the, the device side of it, you know, the controllers and the, the, the electronics of everything, but just the mm-hmm. way – regular stuff was made and now it's available and it's mind bending. So that was, and again, I got to see a lot of cool people there at uh, PRI got a selfie with Chip Ganassi. That was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about somebody who's pretty incredible. Yeah. 17 championships and almost as many racing series. Yeah. Yeah. So it was neat. You're going to have to share that one out. I think I did. Uh, I don't remember. No, I don't remember seeing it. Huh. Yeah, that's right. You got to subscribe, and then you'll see it. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, damn it! You got me. <laughs> I'm just a poser. <laughs> I'm no super fan. <laughs> uh, well, you know that's that's the other thing is, you know, today I go to these events and you meet somebody, and it's like, sure, what do you do? Well, I'm the I'm the social media person, you know, uh-huh. and and just a couple of years ago, yeah. You'd be like, that's a that's a thing. That's what, what? What are you living off a trust fund? Come on, social media person. Right, <laughs> right. You're just kind of screwing around online all day. Come on, right. You know, Come post, on, guy. Posting up a picture here and there, uh, but no, that's absolutely not true. Now, I mean, there are there are deep deep mm-hmm. strategies of of social marketing and media, and uh, sure. it's challenging to see who's who's actually doing it right. Or what, what does right mean? You know, I guess if you're a, mm-hmm. a manufacturer at the end of the day, you, you're trying to sell your parts or whatnot. Um, but at, at one point I was standing there with our friends from Forge Line Wheels and uh, our buddies from Detroit Speed were right down the hall and uh, uh, Tremec Transmissions. And um, I, should, I think just the three of those companies at once were, were within arm's reach. We were all right there. And mm-hmm. earlier this year, we had produced a video on uh, a 69 Camaro, that a silver car that we did a DSE subframe on and put forge line wheels on. And mm-hmm. and the th- the four of our companies collectively all shared that car out uh, with each other's channels. And it, it reached people like everywhere. It was huge. And it was a zero investment thing. Oh, um, isn't that beautiful? It was fascinating. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it was kind of cool to... Uh, uh, discuss how that all went down and we're all complementary businesses you know not nobody's yeah. really competing with each other you know the tire guy the wheel guy suspension guy and the car builder right. yes so we got some plans to do more of that and uh and spread our wares around so nice yeah yeah it was cool very nice good deal what the hell else we got going on here um Oh yeah, the last time uh we had a uh an in-studio recording session for the show, you were in the middle of uh, what seemed like Armageddon inside your shop <laughs> from uh, from your, your little makeover you got going on over there. How's uh, how's that? That you should almost be wrapping that up, huh? Uh, we are getting close, mm-hmm. and it's um, 
it's happening pretty quickly in my mind, which is uh, great. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm behind the curve a little bit uh, because there's some decisions that the crew was kind of waiting on me for. Oh, boy. Because we're really down basically to picking the flooring style and some of the colors on the walls. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So when you and I talked, we had half of this building torn apart and... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if a back wall was blown out at that point or not, but uh, what we ended up doing was moving some walls, getting some concrete dug out, pouring some new concrete so that the whole room is the same level. It used to have a couple different levels and uh, a a bathroom reconfiguration, uh, our front entry office, kind of waiting room reception area, if you will, is a a new space. And then uh, uh, Rod, our, our, our marketing and sales guy is going to have a desk right in the front. And then uh, Ben, our video editor, is going to have his own space finally where he can close the door and turn the lights off and, and edit mm-hmm. video undisturbed. Nice. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I'll finally have an office that the door closes and, and I can have some privacy in there. And that's the f- mm-hmm. basically the first time since we started this company that I'll have that luxury again. Wow. Of being Look able to you. close the door. Yeah. Well, and, and not for nothing, but... When we started this business, and I was still working with Freiburger back at at Peterson, Prime Media, whatever it had evolved evolved to, uh-huh. at one point I had three different offices at the same time. Wow! So I had one on the eleventh floor of Wilshire Boulevard, California. I had another one in Edit Bay on Melrose and Hollywood, and huh. another one in our shop, the Hot Rod Shop, where we shot all this stuff. So huh. uh, I was a total waste of resources. Don't get me wrong, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, but privacy was never really an issue. And then when you right. start, you know, your own company and everybody's sharing space, we had we had four people in the spot the size, you know, of, of one place where I used to work by myself. So uh, now I'll have some, some privacy to be able to have customer meetings. And if we have to talk with an employee or do a review uh-huh. or something, you know, a team yeah. member. So, and it's, it's, it's getting there. We, uh, uh, the outside of the building is done. We've got all new tin and got new lights going up and, we nice. elevated the roof and put a peak uh-huh. in it, and yeah. it, uh, and really, it's it, Kelly spearheaded the whole project mm-hmm. and uh, worked with the the contractors and 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 has been overseeing it all and making sure it all happens. And again, in, in some ways, I'm kind of along for the ride on this uh, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she moves at a a more aggressive pace than I do generally. <laughs> yeah, that 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 Kelly never fails to impress. No, Boy, right, howdy. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, you know, just pick a floor and pick a color and let's let's not hold these guys up anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. So as of today, the drywall's all up. We're waiting for the the tapers to come in and, and the primers and uh we're getting we're getting down to it. So should be nice. a couple weeks. Good. Right on, man. Yeah. That's exciting. It is exciting. It is. It's 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 nice cuz it's going to be kind of a fresh start in the same place, you know. Yeah. Uh a new perspective. Um, and as our, our business evolves, you know, we've got the VH speed and rester shop and we have our mm-hmm. production side, the production, it started off as a production company and the shop grew out of it. And then the shop's been kind of the, the main focus, if you will. And I've, I've got all these video and television projects that we want to do. We just didn't really have the resources. So now we'll be able to, you know, maybe focus on doing some of those new projects and uh and have some resources to make those happen um coming out of the pri show and again to what you were saying before of kind of being 
perhaps a little bit ahead of the curve on doing online video, uh, now everything is catching up. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've seen is a lot of companies bought into the concept that they need to have some video on their website or for social reasons or, or for advertising or marketing purposes, and they didn't really know how to do it. So mm-hmm. they, you know, somebody in, in-house says, well, I, can, I got a camera and somebody else says, well, I can do it on my phone or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of companies have tried and now they're starting to realize if they want something nice, they got to talk to people that kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm, we're trying to be that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Kevin Nosty knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, I know a little bit about what we do. Uh, yeah. No, but we've got some pretty cool projects working with some companies on some private productions that aren't really part of our television show, uh-huh. uh, just as an automotive-based production company uh, to help them do that kind of stuff. So it's cool. Take it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got good people in place to help you along with that. I know that Ben does a tremendous job. I mean, well, he's, that guy's a machine. He is. Um, and, and that's the only way this stuff gets done in the production side or in the shop is because the caliber of people that we have working for us is is mind-boggling on a daily basis. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, mean, I mean, really. And I've said it on this show before. You know, I, I walk through the shop and I look and see what these guys are doing and it's like, Wow, you can do that? I mean, we <laughs> we can do that. I mean, yeah, we can do that. You know? <laughs> sure, we can do that. Uh, just just <laughs> nice little silly stuff that that seems like a small thing, but takes thought and experience and vision and talent. You know, and yeah. these guys have it. Everybody in our oh, shop, boy, so. and spades. Yeah. yeah, that's that's great. I mean, and the fact that they stick around is a good testament to, to you you and Kelly and how well you run the place and what kind of people you are. So it's, it. I mean, it goes both ways. So. Well, yeah, you really, you know, you don't have the business without them. Mm-hmm. So we try to be as accommodating as we can and, and try to constantly give them stuff that uh, uh, is going to help them grow and, and get mm-hmm. better at what they do, you know. Right. Uh, because if they get better, then the whole place gets yeah, better. The shop gets better, sure, right. totally. And totally. customers see that, you know. So we hear we hear stories, you know, of of other businesses that people are migrating away from, and hear how things are done. And because Kelly and I have the luxury of doing this basically how we want to, it's our company. Mm-hmm. Um, I shudder, you know, hearing some of the stuff, you know, oh, how people sure. are treated and, and, you know, trying to keep people down and, and control them mm. and, and keep their thumb on them so that, yeah. you know, and they think yeah. that's good. And it's like, yeah, you know, I don't, get, I don't get that at all, at all. I know a company in my industry that is exactly like that. And I, I honest to God, don't know how they stay in business. I, I, I truly don't know how they do it. They, they, they are the biggest joke in my industry. And every and everybody knows it, and like like I said, how they stay afloat is beyond me. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. So you're right. We've have some people that have been on staff. I think Trevor's been with us for over six years now. Really? Um, wow. And uh, that's a pretty long time, especially mm-hmm. uh, you know him being a younger guy. I mean, mm-hmm. we've put six years on him, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and you know a few others that are you know multi year definitely. Uh-huh. Um, and everybody gets along and, and everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing and how to work with each individual department and hand stuff uh-huh. off from one to the other. So, yeah, that's great. Having a nice drama free shop and everyone getting along. How, whew, it's a dream. 
Yeah, and we get a little drama every once in a while, but uh, wow. you know nothing like the the stuff you see on the TV shows. That's right, for sure. all the all the manufactured, contrived drama. Yeah. yeah, I mean our drama is, you know, when we have a whole bunch of cars in the shop, and the progress of each one depends on the progress of the others, and if, uh, you know just because of either the department they're in or the manpower that's required or whatever. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's a giant part back order on something, and it trips up one. So then you move mm-hmm. to the next one, and then you know if it's got some kind of issue with you know engines mm-hmm. at the machine shop or something, and you're waiting on it or waiting for a <laughs> yeah. customer decision, you know th- those kind of things when you got to dance and navigate a little bit. But, right. Uh, yeah, nothing like what it could be. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I was talking to a guy in Indianapolis who was saying that he knows of a shop. They've had a car in the shop for three years, and he thinks that over 20 people have worked on this car, and none of them are still there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Could you imagine? You know, just because the, the management isn't very good, and yeah. and nobody knows where the parts are, and nobody knows yeah. what happened. and you, oh. you can't put out a good product like that. No. No, and the you customer can't. is the one that really, you know takes the brunt of it because they're paying for extra time of the next person that's jumping on and learning about mm-hmm. it and trying to find yeah. the parts or whatever yeah maybe the, the guy who starts working on it now has to undo everything that the guy before him did because the guy working on it now decides well he didn't really do anything right so we have to start it all over again to do it my way and you got to build those hours again I mean, it's, yeah you're right you know you just don't know yeah it's so terrible. yeah we, we try not to take that for granted that uh that the crew was just super, super solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, they're good people. I like them. Well, tell them you said hi. I, I please do. Thank you. You know, and, and some of the guys actually listen to this show. Uh-oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm trying to get you a raise, guys, so keep working hard. Oh, he says. Trevor actually came in one day, and he looked at me, and he said, I'm the one. <laughs> oh really he said i'm the guy i said really uh, yeah yeah wait right what are, you, what are you talking about yeah he was working on his truck in uh in the shop one day after hours and uh yeah, i need something interesting to listen to so i i'll listen to va radio and nice hopefully we didn't let him down <laughs> something <laughs> interesting to listen oh, to oh i'm the one. Oh, he's the listener he's the listener he's now the guy I get it. Duh. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry kids <laughs> oh man i'm the one that's, that's awesome right. yeah yeah <laughs> dig it <laughs> trevor <laughs> Yeah, he's a good guy. I like Trevor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're all good guys. Makes it easier to work with. For sure. For sure. So what's the next, um, what's coming down the road for you? Um, you got any more traveling done or are you done for a little while? Uh, I think done for a little bit. Uh, looks like might be heading back out to Barrett-Jackson in Arizona at the end of January, I guess, early February. Not a bad place to be in that time of year? No, no, not a bad place to be. And... And it, you know, I'm rarely at an event for the same purpose of the event. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to Barrett Jackson because I'm a big player and I'm buying and selling cars. <laughs> you know, last time I was there, we were actually promoting Muscle Car of the Week, which was pretty cool. We had a, a display, and, right. and the guys from the Brothers Collection actually wanted us to help 
spread the word. So I think they estimate 250,000 to 300,000 people go through that show. Oof. It's huge. And it's over a, a week and a half uh, long, basically. So you don't have the same people every day. You know, you get rotating yeah. crowds. Right. Uh, but this time, again, it's not concrete, but uh, our friends from Ride Tech are doing another 48-hour build. And no kidding. If, if you, you've seen those before, I think, in the sure. past. Yeah. Uh, first was a, uh, a Camaro that they, they streamed online and did a live build. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they did a Corvette. Uh, and then they did a, a C10 truck last year, and the C10 was done at Barrett Jackson in front of a live audience. On mm. top of being live on the internet, they actually had this space. And uh, I talked to those guys, and there might be an opportunity to help them with that project. Right uh, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's slick. In some capacity, uh, either probably not doing a whole lot of wrenching on the on the i don't even know what oh i do know what the car is i don't know if they've let it out yet um but i don't know if i'm gonna be uh they have a team to do most of the work but they want some help with somebody kind of filling time in between and talking to people and stuff so they uh they said are you busy so we'll see that could be pretty cool nice yeah all right yeah i don't know very cool man so i think that's jackson that's Hmm. the next uh yeah, because then, then you can walk around and see the cars, and, mm-hmm. and seeing those cars up, you, you've been through Meekum Auctions, you know the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. You know, sometimes what you see on TV isn't even close to what they look like in person, either in a positive or a negative way. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah. I always like to have contests on the website, you know, guess the, the high bid of whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's some seriously notable cars going through again. Uh, Is that right? Yeah, I mean Barrett Jackson always gets them uh, the same way Meekum yeah. does, and mm-hmm. it it um, you know we're we're living in an interesting time right now because the economy's strong and 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 mm-hmm. people are getting getting involved with their projects again and and buying parts and stuff, but I think we're seeing a little bit of a roller coaster on some of the the auctions. Mm-hmm. Um, some cars are are really surprising people on a high watermark and, and on a low watermark. So hmm. I think for people that are enthusiasts, it's, it's a super fun time to watch. Uh, Cause if you're playing the at home game, like we like to do and, you know, trying <laughs> to predict what a car's going to go for, you could be blown right out of the water either way yeah. right now. And oh, that's yeah. always fun. Yeah. I mean, that's blown out of the water both ways where you, on an off day, you know, like on a Meekum, you, you'll find like Thursday will typically be bargain day where you'll see a really nice car roll across the block for, and it goes for almost peanuts. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. You think to yourself, why, why, why didn't I bid on that car? <laughs> why couldn't I have that? You know, well, that $7,000 65 Cadillac convertible for crying out loud. Right. And I think. You know, on, on Thursday, I think the, there's a couple factors there. People don't necessarily want to spend the money right out of the box, perhaps, because mm-hmm. they right. know that something yeah. bigger, better is coming later. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think some of the, uh, you know, they, they try to put the best cars in the prime time slots on Friday and Saturday. So these might right. be a little bit lesser of a car. Doesn't make right. it any lesser of a deal. Right, right. Uh, the one that I thought was interesting, and I only picked up on this last year, and now it might be too late, was the 
Mecham auction in Kissimmee, Florida in January. Mm-hmm. The Sunday cars, mm-hmm. they were giving them away all day long. Oh my gosh. And a lot of these were like later model luxury cars, a lot of full-size BMWs and Mercedes right. and, and uh, uh, Jaguars and Maseratis and stuff. And they're giving these cars away. And what I learned is that in that part of Florida, a lot of these are lease returns. Hmm. So you have a lot of dealers that go to the auction and just dump cars huh. that are that are lease buybacks, basically. Right. Uh, so they were dealer maintained. They were, okay. you know, driven by you know either executives or retired people or something, and right. the, the dealer just wants to move sixty cars today. You know. Wow. So they, huh. these things just go for nothing. And and Kelly and I were like, you know, we could we could fly down there, buy something drive it back and and sell it for what you know a couple of grand more than you paid for it and you get a free trip there for the whole weekend you know yeah uh but the reason why uh, i say we might be off on the timing is now we just had the giant flood oh yeah yeah we don't want any of those cars (laughs) so yeah i don't know (laughs) maybe next year yeah (laughs) so unfortunately for the uh the cars and the people that owned them, they had some, some weather, you know, to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So there's my hot auction tip and it doesn't apply anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. Yeah. I really got nothing to offer. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to go to, go back to Meekum again, maybe this next time they're in Chicago, which I forget. When so, it, it's like October, September? right? September, October. Yeah. Norm- normally. Yeah. I think so. The weather's still usually fairly nice when it's, it comes around here. It's always, uh, it's not far, it's it's in your backyard. It's, it's yeah. not terribly far from me, but we're always trying to get SEMA stuff prepared. Yeah. It's a little tricky to... Yeah, it's a tough time for you guys. To, to go, uh, but that, that is a good one. I've been to the Chicago auction before, and it's, it's yeah. fun. It is fun. It's a good time. Yeah. yeah. Imagine yeah. how much fun yeah. if we're in the... The crowd that was buying and selling cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going Go there for it. what it's for. It'd be great. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But looking oh. ahead, we're uh, we're actually starting to, to, to do some pre-planning on the, the drive-in cruise event. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, I think this will be year number f- four. four? Yeah. 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 So we had Smokey and the Bandit. Then we had yeah. Bullet, and Bullet. then we had Graffiti. American Graffiti. So, I don't know. We got to get a movie. Year. Yeah, we got to get a movie. <laughs> we got to secure a movie, man. Um, I think we're going to try and move that event up a week uh, okay. to, to try and allow for more families with kids that usually it's the same weekend all, all the kids start school. So, yeah. uh, they don't want to keep them out because they're going to school and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a family event, so we're going to try and make that a little bit earlier so that uh, more people can participate, uh, which I think will be fun. Yeah. So you got any suggestions? You always have movie suggestions. Oh, gosh. Um, it's not super family-friendly, but I I like Hollywood Nights. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, Vanishing uh, Point's another great one, but it's not. there's a couple scenes that aren't family-friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that Trans Am is pretty killer in that in that movie. You know, it's um, interesting. We got some feedback saying, "How come we're only showing the old films?" Ah, uh, 
because we're too old to like Fast and Furious. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, but but maybe a, a Talladega Nights. You know, the the legend of Ricky Bobby. That oh, good. Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Was that a '68 Chevelle? His old man has in that movie. Yep. Yep. Yeah. With the uh, smoky eunuch paint scheme on it. Yeah. The black and gold. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, why why limit yourself to the old the the classics as it were? Maybe find something a little a bit more contemporary. Yeah, we're always trying to get, you know, the next generation involved with the hobby and yeah. the sport and maybe maybe we're turning them off. And know. and you know we bellyache about the music at car shows, about how it's always that old old 50 stuff. Right. So maybe we need to take a page out of that book and apply it to the uh to the uh, the drive-in, maybe we do. Yeah, look at I us. Know we're, we're, I, I, we're marketing I'd... already. Look at us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'd love to see cars on a big screen, but I don't want to be the only guy crying. Because <laughs> 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 uh, that what gets me wife, every time. Yeah, if my wife was there, you wouldn't cry alone. Nobody cries alone when Jenny's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah you guys gotta come down maybe uh by changing the schedule up it might be easier yeah maybe uh, I, I i it's it's on my to-do list i definitely want to come down there for that so well i think I, if I'm, it's a week earlier I, I could probably make it happen well we're trying to make a, an announcement on that soon so that okay. people can plan accordingly uh we'll have a, a facebook event page again and on our website and we'll do some mm-hmm. video on it to uh, share that story and typically we throw a a poll out there where people can vote for their favorite film uh but we just got to throw a okay. bunch at the at the wall and yeah. start having them get narrowed down yeah maybe like a gone in 60 seconds that's something that could we could consider oh yeah um, the, the Nicolas cage film yeah 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 because that's about 18 years old now too yeah yeah <laughs> But, uh... <laughs> Here's one that's going to blow your mind along those uh-huh. lines. So I learned the other day that the GM LS motor uh. is very soon to be out of production. What? It just started like yesterday. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. With the 97 vet. It was uh, yesterday. Right, right, 21 years ago. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, so the, the story there is that the, the LS was the Gen 3 V8. Okay. Right. And the Gen 4, you know, they've all got their different uh, uh, variants. The Gen 4, by and large, is the drive-by-wire evolution okay. from, from the Gen 3. That's kind of the big advancement. So your LS3, for example, is a Gen 4. Um, and then the Gen 5 is our LT motors with the direct injection that we're seeing today. Oh, okay. uh, but our, our local GM performance distributor pointed out that the only gen 3 style engine that's even still out there and and gen 4 i think is uh in trucks 6.2 liters everything else is going to direct injection gen 5 stuff across the board so the engine that we all looked at is that new thing is gonna be history already yeah yeah gee whiz is that crazy that's that's ridiculous we're what happened? <laughs> I know, I know. And and there's there's still all these awesome parts coming out and the swaps are more popular than yeah. ever and and uh uh just a matter of fact, uh you know, at the uh PRI show, uh uh 
the, our friends at Wegner Motorsports up in Wisconsin, great engine builders and make some awesome accessories. They've got a brilliant accessory drive system for a, for a, an LT4 Gen 5 motor. Um, you know, the market is just, and what they do there, it's a supercharged engine. And rather than shrink the blower pulley to overdrive it, Mm. They increase the size of the crank pulley, crank pulley, okay, um, and make it bigger. So it's the same theory of changing gears on your ten-speed yeah. bicycle, you know. And yeah. um, they're making ridiculous power out of this thing. And the the limit limiting factor is literally they can't shove enough air through the blower. It's at its <laughs> right. limit. It just starts making heat. It doesn't uh-huh. make you know efficiency. Uh, huh. So that platform is certainly not going away, and the architecture. Right. It, I was just going to say that just because it's out of production doesn't mean it's going away. I mean, you're still you still see small blocks everywhere for Pete's sake. So right, yeah, yeah. That uh, that was a little bit of a clickbait headline kind of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. I knew where you were going with it. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but you uh, speaking of accessories, you posted that um, that bracketless quote bracket list accessory yeah. drive for the, yeah. for the ls that thing was pretty ingenious it, it was and he, so here's a great example of uh holly putting out a product it's a, a front accessory drive system but it doesn't have brackets it has a water pump housing that's right. cast uh, yeah. to hold the alternator and the steering pump on one side nice and right. tight to the block and the ac pump on the other side so there's never a, an alignment issue with the belts. They're all attached to that bracket. Right. And, you know, because of today's manufacturing technology, they can make a cast part. Well, first they can design it. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's something that SEMA provides. They call it the technology transfer, where they will work with the OEs to let the engineering diagrams out to the aftermarket. So, wow. yeah, it, so whenever you get over your, your little Pontiac thing and you want to put an LS in that car <laughs> and you want to, you want to start, all right, all right. you want to start making parts for that swap, uh, you actually don't even need the physical engine because you can, if you join SEMA, you can be a member and get that technology transfer data and oh, they geez. will, they will send you the CAD drawings so you can design your part. And and not only that, you can you can draw this on a napkin right now in your garage and mm-hmm. send it to the SEMA garage, and they have CAD engineers on staff that will help you develop it and dimension it, and 3D print you one what? and send it back, uh, basically for the cost of the 3D print material. Uh, Get out of here! Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, there are companies that are are. You know, it's kind of like when the internet started, and you, you had retailers that weren't brick and mortar. They didn't really have right. anything. Well, now right. you can start making parts without really having anything because you've had, you know, Ford, GM, Chrysler all provide that technology transfer data to to uh, to SEMA, who disseminates it to the members. Oh, my uh, to, gosh. So if you have an idea for, you know, a hard part, and it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, like we're talking about a cast, you know, water pump. It could be mm-hmm. a... a a styling accessory it could be a a wing or a a door yeah. handle or whatever every part of the car is modeled you know it's all designed yeah. digitally so you can get your prototypes made and and go into business you know on an oh idea my gosh man i had no idea yeah it's amazing isn't it how do i get to join sema 
Holy uh, Jesus. Well, uh, I'm sure, though, you know, there, you, you're Well, spo- you can't be a copy boy and do it, Mike. Sorry. Well, <laughs> and it's a, no, it's a little bit of a chicken or the egg because, you know, if you're talking about being all of a sudden a manufacturer, uh-huh. uh, but you need the access and the SEMA is only available to industry companies. Right. Uh-huh. You kind of need the part to be a company, but you need mm-hmm. them to be a to get the part. But I think you can join uh, at an entry level one man band type uh, oh, okay. you know, manufacturing company. You don't really need to make anything yet, and hmm. uh, and that can get you access. And next thing you know, you could be the next. Uh, you could be the next next Holly. You know who knows? Who knows? Yeah, boy, huh? The wheels are turning. <laughs> I have a, another good friend of mine who's. Uh, Who's got a job? He's got a great job. He's an engineer, and he's he he's getting fed up. <laughs> mm. and, and he called me, and he's like, "I need to do something different. I think I want to go on the automotive side." And I'm wow. We're gonna have a, a the same kind of chat that we just had right now with him. Yeah. To say, look, well, you're a smart dude, you know. If you uh, and and a lot of these other companies are looking for people, you know, to assist or develop or whatnot. So it's yeah. Like I said before, it's an exciting time. It is uh, for sure. These people can send you a working part. That blows my mind. That really yeah. does. Mm-hmm. That is unreal. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And that's a game changer. It is. Yeah. That and rapid I, prototyping like that. Holy cats. Yeah. Huh. So now, uh, he, as he casually turns around and eyeballs the GTO. Yeah. And says, what does this need? <laughs> that list. It gets longer and longer every day. Ugh. Yeah, it's not supposed to be, but yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. The other thing that was kind of another takeaway from that same show this year is mm-hmm. the uh, Chris Kirsting is the CEO of SEMA, and he gives a big uh, presentation every year at the SEMA banquet, and he summed it up better than anybody that I've heard uh, talking about stimulating the next generation and, and getting more people involved because nobody knows where this is going. We all hear the doom and gloom that kids today, they don't even want to drive. They don't <laughs> care about cars. They can communicate on their phone, you know, and the automakers are trying to put all the technology in the cars to make them fun to use for these people and entice them that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Kirsting said is he said, I don't care if it's a, uh, a Jeep rock crawler or a drag race car or a, a road racer or whatever, all of us, the one thing we share is that there was some moment when somebody showed us the sense of motion. They allowed us to feel what it was like to climb a rock or to go around a turn mm-hmm. or to accelerate or to stop. Somebody, you know, essentially scared us to death in a car. And that's <laughs> when you're hooked, you know, yeah. and your whole life, you never get rid of that. So to yeah. it, it's our mission to instill that sense of motion or what I'm now calling that motion sickness yeah. uh, <laughs> in, <laughs> into young people so that they get it, you know, from an early yeah. age. And, and not because um, this is just a fun thing to do, because it is, but there are so many opportunities to make a career out of it mm-hmm. uh, that if you get involved early and, and who knows, you know, maybe somebody takes you around the block and does a donut in a parking lot or something and, and you get out and have a great time and maybe you become a suspension designer, maybe... You know, you who knows? Maybe you right. sell cars or, or market them or uh-huh. design them or the sky's really the limit. But if that yeah. doesn't happen, 
cars drive past you all day long and none of it none of it even clicks no yeah none of it matters this year uh, at that um optimist international uh, car show that i run in our little town uh i'm trying to think you know so how do we get something set up where we could take kids for rides you know oh yeah and and but just think of how how the odds are kind of stacked against us for it's got to be safe got to have liability you know so there's gonna be some kind of insurance thing whose car is the car okay are the parents gonna like this here go for a ride with a stranger and he's gonna go (laughs) whipping around town or you know around a parking lot or something i don't know uh, but, huh. There's something there, though. I think there is. W- with the right organizing, that could that could happen. Well, I think Ford and possibly the other OEs had been doing a program where they pay high schools for test mm-hmm. drives. Have you seen that one? Uh, so I know our local high school here participated a couple of years. And what Ford does is they put this little arrangement together to where on a Saturday they send over some SUVs and, and, a, and a couple of Mustangs and some family cars. And they have a couple of representatives there. Maybe it's even on a factory level, uh, but definitely some local dealer people. And families are encouraged to come to the high school that day and they can drive whatever they want. And it's not a pressure sales thing. They just get a chance to drive the car around the parking huh. lot or around the neighborhood or whatever okay. and experience the car firsthand. And for every test drive they do, Ford gives the school 20 bucks. Really? Yeah, to spend however they see fit. That's very cool of Ford. It is. It's a nice way to uh, give a little something back to the school. And and certainly uh, the hardest thing and the best seller is to get somebody behind the wheel. So if we can just maybe have them do a little faster when Junior's in the car or a little (laughs) missy, (laughs) they'll come out all white knuckled and they'll be hooked. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember the time you got hooked? I remember several. I think uh, one that stands out in my mind was I was probably in about sixth grade, fifth grade, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And my dad was a police officer. And at this point, he had um, an Oldsmobile police car, believe it or not. Uh, So this was like uh, an 83 or so um, uh, Delta 88 sedan, four-door. Really? And it was gray. And the rest of the the city had Chevrolet police cars. They had Caprices. And for the detectives and for some of the executive officers... The department ordered unmarked Oldsmobiles that had the 91C police package on them. Huh. So it had the same sway bars, had the same brakes sure. and steelies. Cop tires, and cop shocks, cop right. motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think it was a 307 Olds or something. Okay. You know, or maybe, maybe it was a small block. Um, but as I got a little bit older, uh, he would allow me to do a ride along every once in a while. And we were doing one on midnights and okay. somebody was breaking into a house or something, or there's a crash or something, some kind of thing on the other side of town. And we, we, we just tore right through the center of my little town. Well, right now outside of Chicago, it wasn't really a little town, but, right. and, uh, I'll never forget going through these neighborhoods at, you know, 75, 80 miles an hour, which doesn't sound very responsible today. Wow. Well, he's the police. He was not only the police, but he also knew that it was at night and most people were uh, not on the street right. and it was safe sure. enough, you know, to have, to get there quickly. And, and, uh, oh, I'll never forget it. 
I was like, that was the coolest thing ever, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and we literally made some, you know, 90 degree turns with all four wheels drifting and, you know, and uh, I'm holding on with everything I got, you know? And it's like, I, I can't believe how cool this is. And so when I was growing up, that that's what I thought the cops did. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're tearing ass through town right. every night, man. Yeah, that's what they do, you know? It's like you turn the lights on and go nuts. And, uh-huh. and, and what was even more crazy was riding along in an actual marked squad car because they had uh-huh. the, the Mars lights on top that rotated not a, you know, the, it was a light bar with the red right. and blue things that spun sure. as opposed to your LED laser beams you got today that yeah. are super uh. intense. But there's a weird thing that happens when you're driving down the road and you've got those, the rollers are spinning because uh-huh. they shoot a beam out. And as the roller turns like across the driver's side of the car and the car's going down the road, that beam is like illuminating a singular spot on the road, like a house or something. Uh-huh. And then as the beam comes around, it's lighting up the passenger side. Uh, it's, it's going faster than the, the houses cause they're going the opposite direction. Right. Right. It's kind right. of a weird thing to explain. Yeah. But the red and blue, it's a trip, you know, you're, you're going down the road <laughs> and, and the left side doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And the right side's winging by at twice the speed you are. And you're going uh-huh. 70 miles an hour on a side street, you know, <laughs> and, and never mind the sound of a siren on top of it. You know, uh-huh. it's intense. It was fun. You know, as a kid, it was great. Nice, man. Yeah. I like it. Maybe we, cool get story. The, maybe we get the cops involved and have them drive around. You know, maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't they, I mean, they they go to driver training. They know how to drive those cars without yeah. being reckless, and but still have a good time with it. I think today, though, the liability on the city would be so high. Could you oh, imagine? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, we're taking all the kids and and speed them through town <laughs> in cop cars. If something, God forbid, would happen. Uh, yeah, that would be that yeah. would be a nightmare. Well, if anybody has any ideas, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got an idea. Everybody with kids out there, just build a race car and take your kid out in it. There There you go. go. There you go. Problem solved. All done. Well, I think we're about at that time. Yeah, I get to see if if you got the the trivia question right. Yeah. Because we know damn well you did. I did? (laughs) I don't remember what it was at this point. (laughs) Yes, you do. Uh I asked you, 6970, the Bosch uh, 302 Mustang engine, the solid lifter 302, was available as an option in what other Ford Motor Company vehicle, which had a standard 351? And you said the Mercury Cougar Eliminator. And how about that? It was really the Edsel. So sorry, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. It was the Cougar uh, Eliminator. All Very right. nice car. And available also, I believe, with the uh, uh, 351, 302. You can get 420, 428 in that. Eight. Yeah, 428. Yeah. And then yeah. two of them with the Boss 429. Right. Yeah. Nice car. Great cars. Love those mm-hmm. cars. Mm-hmm. You've had that uh, on the Muscle Car of the Week, haven't you? Several, yeah, yeah. yeah. An, an orange one, a yellow yeah, one. Yeah, the orange one. I do remember that one. Uh, yeah, great cars. Mm-hmm. All right, well, along those same lines, uh, my question to you was uh, also in the the Boss Mustang genre, mm-hmm. uh, 
who who was the boss that we were mm-hmm. talking about? Who's the car named after? And you are 100% correct that it was yes. that it was Larry Shinoda that designed the car. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and you uh, said <laughs> I love it. I, oh, I I have to learn how you do that. You do it so well. <laughs> and you uh, suggested Lee Iacocca was the boss, yeah. and and not terribly far off. Iacocca was a little bit before he was kind of the okay. father of the the Mustang, so he was earlier on. Uh, in this case, it was Bunky Knudsen was the boss. Bunky Knudsen that uh, Shinoda was referring to. Gosh and, dang it! Yes. And I knew that too, but I, Lee Iacocca came in my head, and I couldn't get him out. That's right. Gosh, he does dang it. it. Yeah. What's that? He does that. He does do that. You're right. When when better cars are built, Chrysler will build them, right? Isn't that what he said? In the eighties? When he was standing by the uh, K standing by the K car? Chrysler has a better idea. Chrysler's a or better f- idea. Yeah. Is it what, if, what was uh, Ford has uh, a better if idea? You can, if you can find a better car, buy it. Buy it, yeah. That was another yes. one. He had a lot of good taglines in the eighties. Yeah, he did. He the, did. The cars kind of sucked, but yeah, well, he saved Chrysler with that K car. He sure did. Brought him out of the depths of of uh, receivership. That's right. <laughs> my um, my uh, just a quick story. My yeah. uh, my uh, Air Force recruiter. That was his government issue vehicle. Was a K car. This oh. powder blue Dodge Aries K. So Good he had Lord, a, that thing couldn't even get out of its own way. He had a GK <laughs> car. He had a government issue one. Yeah, huh? that's right. Yeah, G. Yeah, nice. It was something else. Yeah, those cars, well, remember at the same time, Buick was competing with the Century, and they called it Buick's Little Limousine. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Little Limousine. That's right. That's terrible. Could do a whole show on bad 80s car marketing. Yeah, you could, because there's plenty of it. Yeah. You've never seen anything like this before. So what's that line from? (laughs) And it was sung by this majestic choir. And it was referring to the all-new 84 Corvette. Oh. Yeah, they had this Tron, oh. Tron-like Tron vector graphic, 3D-looking <laughs> battlefield, the cars driving around on it and everything, and they got this choir singing, you've never seen anything like this before. And this little <laughs> bar graph display, the speedometer, it was like, it was like driving Pong, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look oh, look that a... one up on YouTube. It's a great commercial. There's a, there's will, a, sure. a minute-long vid- version of it. All right. Dig it. Dig it. All right, man. Well, as usual, uh, I appreciate it. It was fun catching up. It was. And, it really was. Appreciate it. The uh, uh, for, for yet another analeptic episode <laughs> of V8 Radio. Analeptic. Where's that word from? <laughs> <laughs> Did hold you on, make I think that I, up? Hold on, I think I'm sitting on it. What's the origin of the of the word? Analeptic uh, actually refers to a uh, uh, generally to a drug, oh. uh, but that tends to restore a person's health or strength. Well, that's that's a perfect perfect well, adjective. That's kind of what I thought. You know, it's a restorative. I'm stronger word. now than when we started. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie. I'm done. <laughs> Uh, if you dig this show, uh, it's okay to admit it. Uh, you can find us. Trevor. 
Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, and Rod, too, another one on our shop. We got a couple of people to listen. Right on. Uh, needs to be required listening in the shop. This show needs to be looped all day long. Right. We'll, we'll just Kelly, get Kelly a nurse ratchet hat. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. We can record this onto a record, uh, and you can hear the scratches and pops as it plays looping in the shop, <laughs> in Asylum. Uh, but you can download all these episodes uh, from iTunes, from Google Play, from the TuneIn Radio app, from Stitcher. Stitcher, yes. And, uh, of course, VARadio.com. And uh, follow us along on the VA Radio Facebook page. We're always interested in, in sharing your comments and hearing what you have to say about the show. And until next time, I'm Kevin Osi with Mike Clark. And uh, thanks for listening. And keep it under 100. <laughs>